0: This week's episode of Studio Inter will be reviewing the matches against Brescia and Bologna. We'll be previewing the upcoming matches against Hellas, Torino and Spal. We'll be talking to Forza Italian Football and Marcia in English, Dovski Avone. This week's Moji, Frog and Moratti and much, much more everything here on Studio Inter only on
1: sempreinter.com.
0: Andiamo in contropiede, la parte vuota, tira, attenzione, e gol, e gol! Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. It's a new week, it's another two matches to go through um, with uh, mixed results, to put it diplomatically. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce our panelists, starting with the Semper Inter preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nasser.
2: Hey, hey, everyone, it's going to be a good episode.
0: Yeah, and we're going to need you to live up to the name Mr. Positivity. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
2: well, look, I've got <laughs> Mr. Positivity and Mystic Mo all bundled
0: up into one today. So That yeah. sounds amazing. Um, and we are also joined by our good friend, Mr. Will Beckman, from uh, from all the way from London. You all right? You all right, Will?
1: I'm tired, Nima. <laughs> tired from a lack of sleep, and I'm tired of... Uh being in the same position every thank single you. year
0: thank you perennial good.
1: infections and all thank
0: that thank you thank you so that makes two of us uh and we're also joined by our good friend uh, uh from from canada tsm tsm producer mr michael gallo and our
3: resident refereeing expert welcome mike hey great to be back uh other than well i'm not tired i got a great night's sleep so i'm doing great and i'm glad to be back with you guys
0: well, then again, you are basically in paradise. I mean, your Instagram story I mean, <laughs> geez, what the hell? Like, have you moved into the Canadian forest? And, like, what's going on? Like, all you are is, like, oh, every time you put something out, it's just paradise.
3: Well, it, we're in the middle of a heat wave over here in Toronto. So the more north I get, the better temperature it is. So I just keep on going north and north until we've got a correct temperature. <laughs>
0: That sounds good, that sounds good. And we are also joined by a good friend of the show. Uh, he is the editor-in-chief of Marcha in English. He's the manage, managing editor of uh, Forza Italiana Football. And the only Chievo aficionado I know in uh, in English, <laughs> Mr. David
4: Scavone. John, yeah, there aren't many of us, to be fair. Although everybody's <laughs> probably... I, I can just hear the jokes right now God Chievo have fans, oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean... They, you, they, they exist.
0: They do exist, and you are you
4: are Mr. Kievo to me.
0: But uh, but but not only because of a Moscardelli beard, but have you still got the amazing Moscardelli beard? I think that's I, what have. I have,
4: um, oh, I have. Nice. Although I'm thinking about shaving it off because I have to go back to Italy um, at the weekend, and it's thirty degrees in Milan, and I don't yeah. fancy that.
0: Yeah, no, no, beards, <laughs> be beard, beards, beards, and thirty degrees. No, doesn't Ew. work. No, doesn't work. Um, right, let's get right to it. Um, I wanted to bring you on because there's so been so much nonsense going on about Lautaro and Messi and, and Inter and what, what's going on. So I wanted to, I mean, you work obviously with Spanish football in March and English and you have an eye to Italian football both by passion and by profession. So I want to start off by this spring has been pretty intense, not just for all the madness going on in the world and, and, and COVID-19 and all of that, but this, 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 um, this Lautaro story, um, and and how Barcelona wants to sign him, but Inter don't want to sell him. But they do want to sell him, but they only want to sell him for a certain amount. Uh, and then Barcelona w- won't go past 60 million, and they evaluate Junior Firpo to 40 million euros. I mean, what what do you make of all this? Uh,
4: the, 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 prob- well, the simple fact is that Barcelona can't afford Lautaro with the well the, the lack of money that they have or the money that they don't have this is this as simple as that obviously the, the coronavirus um issue has made things even more difficult cuz i think they're they're going to miss out on something like 150 million euros um, because of everything that's going on which obviously doesn't help them either they need to sell a couple of players i think they need to get 100 no they need to get 70 million euros on top of that um by selling players or, like you say, inflating values of players, if you want, um, in order to even make a, a reasonable chance or a reasonable um, offer for Lautaro. And this is the problem because they've got players like Coutinho, uh, um, Dembele, who they're quite happy to get rid of. But the problem is the money they want for them, nobody wants to pay. So the, kinda the, it's, it's all kind of trying to balance the books and, and give Inter an offer that is suitable for them, basically. Um, and that, from everything that has come out of Inter, is basically pay, pay the release clause, which Barcelona can't afford to do. Um, that, that's kind of the long and the short of it, really, to be honest.
0: Right. Um, uh, I'll hand you over to Mo. Did you have a question for Doug?
2: Yeah, Dov, uh, about uh, the finances of uh, Barca and Real Madrid uh, in general, I mean, we've seen uh, UEFA finally uh, uh, make a ruling, uh, financial fair play against Manchester City, and, you know, we understand that they're looking at PSG. And we've always known that Barca and uh, Real Madrid's finances have been shaky. But it seems like every summer rumors happen and then something you know like the sale of Neymar or whatever comes mm-hmm. uh, occurs and 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 the issue just uh, gets swept under the rug is this the real deal now is this are, are 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 we on the cusp of something fundamentally existential happening in the la liga or is this uh, just going to be swept away uh, once things get back to normal? In your opinion,
4: I think well, I think that well, Barcelona and Real Madrid can in, in terms of their situations are a bit different. Real Madrid have the money um, and they've got a massive squad as well. I think but once all the loan players come back, they'll have a squad of some like thirty-eight players, maybe thirty-seven after uh, Hakimi's left, and they want to get rid of about ten of them. And assuming they all go though, and they make two hundred plus million euros, so they'll be fine. Barcelona's problem is, is their squad, in comparison, is relatively small. I think they've only really got about 18 first-team players, and even that includes guys like Ansu Fati, who are only 17 years old, and will come up for the B team. Um, so for them to sell players, they're, they're selling guys like Artur, who's went to, to Juve and they've made €12 million uh, Euros on that, with Pjanic going the other way. Um, and the thing is, they, they just need to sell players that, to, to kind of almost balance the books and that's been the case for a couple of years at Barcelona. Um, obviously, this summer is going to make things a lot more difficult because there isn't the kind of the money flood in the market as what there has been because of the, the COVID situation. So I think this it will be interesting to see how they manage to um, string kind of make something work. If they want to make something work, they will, but I think it'll be a lot, lot more difficult um, this summer than what it has been in previous ones, just because of of, all the madness that has happened.
0: Mm, Nice one. Uh, Will, did you have a question for
1: for John? Uh, I did, yeah. Yes, I must admit, I, I forgot that Dob was our resident Keirworks but I could have prepared a, a much more um, sort of niche question on Kier's heroic push for the playoffs at the moment. Uh,
4: it's, um, not well, it's not happening.
1: Well, not Too many draws. Too many draws. Mm-hmm. Um, it does mean that uh, that also does mean that um, you know, seven or seven or eight years ago, we were we were forced to support Joe Lobby, and now that's your job because he's gone to Kier, wasn't he? <laughs> Um, so it has. It is. <laughs> we have sympathy for that, but um, no. In terms of you mentioned Hakimi there, um, I was just going to mm. so ask about that. You know, you said that Real Madrid have got a load of good players that they, they're going to have to sell, but I was just wondering if you had any insight into why Real Madrid seemed, from afar, so willing to let him go because this was this was t- um, supposedly one of the world's best right backs, and they've just sort of um, got rid of him with uh, with no seeming intention to. Well, no. We're, without having managed to insert a buyback clause. Um, mm. So I was just wondering, you know, I, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago about who we would want in the wings and he suggested Hakimi, And I just said, well, no, that's not going to happen. You know, he's, he plays for Real Madrid. He's, he's been incredible for Dortmund for the last couple of years. And suddenly it became... A real thing. So I'm, I'm just confused that this, that I feel like I'm missing something. You know, is there a catch or. There,
4: there, there's no catch. Be happy. Hakimi's good. Be um, happy. Those are the yeah, words yeah. we need. Be on this happy. <laughs> <laughs> be, happy.
0: To be happy. Believe it. It's true. Yeah, no. Mm.
4: <laughs> um, basically, the, the, the two words which explain it are Danny Carvajal. Um, um, Zidane and Hakimi's representatives and the player kind of have been in touch since about January because Bayern Munich put in an inquiry then and basically Hakimi wanted playing time um, and it was made clear to him uh, earlier in the summer that Dani Carvajal's starting right back at Real Madrid and, and that wouldn't change if he came back so he would essentially need to fight for his place and it seems like he wasn't willing to do that, he wanted to be first choice and obviously when Inter kind of came in, made their intentions clear then he joined but it, it was interesting, I think it was yesterday his agent came out and said it had something to do with Zidane or that was a bit cryptic so I don't know exactly what's going on there but from everything that I've written or and red and and no, it's, it's basically because he wouldn't be a starter. And Dani Carvajal's kind of had that position nailed down at Real Madrid for about five years now. It doesn't look like he's gonna be given up anytime soon, especially since the defensive record they've got this season in La Liga as well. It's the best. Um, I think it's a, might be even the best in the league. Um, and they're going to win, obviously, win, probably win the title as well. So um, he would be hard pushed to to get first team football basically. And I think that's why that that, that essentially kind of. Um, pushed them all over the edge, if you like, but pushed them towards Inter, and um, where it is going to be the starting right back, hundred percent, starting right wing back, hundred percent.
0: Well, I think one of the issues is, is also people forget that since because Carvajal has been around for so long and been delivering at such a high level, Carvajal is only 28 years old. He does exactly. have at least three, four years ahead of him. So let's yeah, not. That's you know, ridiculous. Not, yeah, I mean a lot of people forget that and it's overlooked um, that Carvajal is only
1: 28 years old. That's how I'm surprised about the it's buyback also clause. Of the beard, he looks older than twenty-eight, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. the hairline. I think it doesn't yeah. help him.
4: Yeah, but, but the buyback clause. The will, the, 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 the your, your point there is an interesting one because I thought, like, given the ages there, because what Hakimi's what twenty-two, that a couple of years' time, then put a buyback clause in, and you've essentially got a ready-made replacement who's paid three or year, four years in Italy. Um, so that's interesting that, that hasn't happened because that, that's a very kind of Real Madrid thing to do is like, yeah, we'll sell them and we'll put a buyer back closet just in case.
0: <laughs> a little insurance policy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Mike, did you have a question for Dov?
3: Yeah. A comment on uh, on Kievo before I get to my question. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the very. Leave
4: me alone. <laughs>
3: The very first Serie A match I ever went to at the San Siro, not the first match, but Serie A match, was mm. Inter-Kievo. I think it was 2011, mm. and I could count how many Kievo fans there were at the stadium. From, from <laughs> I was sitting in the Curva Nord, and I could see all the way across to the Curvas who were up top, where the away fans were sitting. I'm pretty sure I saw four fans
4: italian fans don't travel well michael that's the problem it's not just a cable thing i was gonna say did any of them
0: have a giant
3: beard I, there was one guy with a big banner but the other people were just sitting around There's, i think it was four i got a picture of it still four fans
0: you have to post that right. oh yeah uh, i'll have to right uh, though, yeah Mike.
3: My question is, uh, so you know, since since we came back from from uh, from this break, Lautaro, you know, his I would say his form has been you know very low. And I I don't think he had that bad of a game, uh, yes uh, yesterday. I don't think he was. That, I mean, he missed the penalty, but I don't think overall, I don't think he was that bad. But do you think that over you know since his form has been so poor, does that affect this whole potential transfer? And if a transfer did, did go through with Barcelona, would it be more likely that a player, like you mentioned about them having to offload some players, uh, would uh, would it be more likely that a player would come back to Inter if that were to
4: happen? You, you mean a Barcelona player going to Inter?
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, would that help the transfer.
4: Well, there's been like the, the, the kind of main one that, that's been banded around uh, is Vidal and Firpo. Those are the kind of two that have been banded around, although whether or not they would actually kind of leave, or or the the, the the I think Nima suggested the the forty million valuation for yeah. one of them. Whether that would be agreed is <laughs> is a, a whole kind of different story. But I, I think that for for that for the transfer to go through, I mean Barcelona have essentially decided that Lautaro is the replacement for Luis Suarez. Um, he is the well, Pjanic and Lautaro were the two, or are the two summer transfer targets, and I've already got one. So basically, it means that. Anything, any business are going to do this summer, of, kind of of note is going to be for Lautaro. Um, they, They've already said that Griezmann's, for example, not going to be a part of any deal, and obviously he's having issues at the club at the minute, um, which I think if you're going to swap, then I think having Griezmann as kind of some kind of make weight in that deal would would kind of make it a lot easier to do. But mm. Barcelona don't want to get rid of him, and it's just a case of squad players then, and and how much do Inter want to take uh, a 33 year old Arturo Vidal, oh. or a, a Junior Firpo that hasn't really done anything of note since he moved to Barcelona, and and have what I would call massive transfer fees in quotation marks attached to them. Um, so I I think I think it'll be tough for to to be honest um, for them to do it. The one thing that that we have had on mark I think since the end of May that Lautaro actually does want to go to Barcelona. Um, like he, it's not something that he's he, he's not desperate to leave Inter, but then he's not um, against the idea of joining Barcelona. So uh, that's kind of one thing that um, Barcelona have in their favor in terms of the player wants to join the club, but. Uh, whether or not it'll happen it's there's there's a lot of there'll be a long negotiation uh, michael i think that, that, that'll be the big thing i'll be one of these ones that drag on until like the final day or something like that
0: oh joy oh joy <laughs>
4: <laughs> unless, unless somebody buys Coutinho, Nima, if you can get somebody to buy continue for 100 million euros, then you can have the release clause.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, if we can get someone to buy Candreva for 50 million, yeah, then you know, that's, I mean, yeah, then,
0: you, know exactly. you could solve a lot of things as well. Yeah, you know. if if it, if, if then that's right. Yeah, um, I, was, um, I was gonna say uh, before we let you go, um, we have to talk about this. Uh, we've been joking about it privately on WhatsApp, me and you, but I have to ask because. Every now and again, this story won't go away, and I personally want it to go away. It's probably, uh, you know, and I and I know what you think, but I need to, I need you to go on the record on this. This this nonsense about <laughs> I, I don't Messi. know
4: if I want to go on the record.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but this nonsense about Lionel Messi, which I think is absolute nonsense, about him not wanting to sign an extension and that Inter and Juventus are interested. Just the idea that Juventus would would house Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo in the same dressing room to me is. Well, you know, you have to be on drugs to even think <laughs> that. But, but I'm, I need to ask you about: Do you do you think that what what chances are we talking? Snowball in hell, when when I don't know when when you attend my coronation as the Queen of England? <laughs> Whereabouts are we on on Messi joining in Inter?
4: There's more chance of Kievo winning the Champions League next season. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> that's that's how much this is not. I think
0: happen. that is. I think that's. I can live with that. I can live <laughs> with that. <laughs> No, I mean, because I mean, there, there is there is talk of there is talk of I mean, this this won't go away, and he's he's you know, uh, and he's talking about twenty twenty one his contract expiring, and and you know he's he's using you know he's really using uh, apparently according to the reports in Spain that he's really playing the game. What do you make of all that? I mean, do you think he'll stay at the end of the day, or is it, or, like what is this to this story, and why won't it go away?
4: I, just, I think it's just because of the way his contract's structured at Barcelona. Essentially, he's on like a one year rolling deal. Um, and I think, that, for example, this summer there was the that this is when all the talks start. Well, some of the talks kind of resurfaced because his contract was was up at this summer, but obviously, kind of nothing happened and it just rolled on. Um, I think that it, it comes up because Barcelona aren't doing very well at the minute, and when you've got a player like Lionel Messi who expects to win every single trophy that he goes into and um, play great football and everybody's happy and. Having tons of fun when things start start going a bit awry, then then you get the speculation coming out. But I I I, I do not see it happening. It, not not to sound disparaging to 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 Inter, given this is an Inter podcast. But why would Messi want to come to Inter? No offense. Like you're third fourth in Serie A, you're not going to do much in the Champions League. You're not going to win the Champions League. Why would Messi come to Inter? Then that, that, just for me, it doesn't make sense. And even then, you couldn't afford them either. Neither can Juve Juve V. U V couldn't afford to pay Messi and Ronaldo unless they had a team of cable reserves behind them. <laughs> so it's, it's just the 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 likelihood of it happening is, is just it's, it's, it's zero unless Messi would take unless he would be happy to kind of drop down a little bit and and be kind of kind of almost take a, a pay cut. for one of the a pay cut and and to be like the Diego Maradona kind of, of Inter if you want, to kind of take Inter and take them back to the titles and European domination and stuff like that. If he wants to do that, take a pay cut, uh, go to a league that you've never played in before. Can you have to uproot your family that's lived in Barcelona all its life? It's it just it, There's far too many things that would tell me that, that he's just going to stay at Barcelona and make sure that... Because he has a lot of clout at the club as well, remember. So, for example when you've got a player like Lautaro coming in, especially given, or possibly coming in, especially given that um, players at Barcelona have had to take pay cuts. And then if the club go and spend, say, 100 million euros on a player, that annoys him. Um, and obviously Messi kind of has saying, right, should we want him? Should we bring him in? Should that be? And he has a little bit of saying stuff like that. Whether we would want to kind of give all that up to go to Inter is a different story.
0: Uh. That, that, that you you just pinpointed exactly why I never ever want to see him wear an Inter shirt because he has way too much. I mean, this it's a cult. Around can it, I? Right?
2: Yeah. yeah, go for it. Can go I? It. Can I say that? You know, you know where I stand on your Kieza fetish. <laughs> I would take Kieza any day thank over you. that uh, over that little guy. Really? Yeah. Thank I you. I mean, look, thank there's you. no doubt he's got like a exceptional like. Out, out of this world tano, the talent, you know, he, he's, a, he's a generational player and all of that, fine, mm-hmm. but I, yes. I want nothing of that, none thank of that circus you. around my club, you know, you. we have a thank very you. fragile, you know, thank you. <laughs> moving in the, re- in the right direction, blossoming even, you know, you can start seeing the buds that are about to blossom hopefully next season, project, none of that uh, anywhere thank around you. my club. Please.
0: Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly where I am on that, and 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 but then again i know also that this is this is what, what really scares me and i'm going to be 100% honest and i'm going to go on the record on this what scares me <clears throat> is the fact that this is exactly the kind of thing sunni would do they would do this they have the money to do it they have the resources to do it they have the clout to do it and they would do it just to prove a point that is why i'm not just entirely just you know saying you know this is all nonsense because this is this is them. This is suning to a T. Oh yeah, Juventus go get Cristiano Ronaldo. We'll go get Messi. Like th- this is this is how they you know. And also given how big he is and all the all the all the all the stuff or surrounding that. So this is the only thing that scares me that mm. that this could actually happen. It's two percent, three percent, two percent. But those two three percent still scare me.
4: But even then, you can take that one or two percent down because even if suning did want to do it and they had the Money and you'd throw the money at it. You'd still have to convince the player, and it's not like convincing uh, Hakimi or somebody like that who might not get game time. Messi's Messi, uh, can, do Messi likes. Yeah, can do what he
0: likes. <laughs> <He, he>, Barcelona, <laughs> it is FC Messi-lona. I mean, let's be honest. There's no, you know, there's no doubt about that. He can do what he
3: wants. Right. How about oh, a La- Lautaro for Messi swap? How about
1: that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about you shut your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Leave Lautaro alone. Keep worshipping Messi. Let, let, let the players alone. Leave them where they are. I mean, I don't I honestly don't mind the Griezmann plus 60 million euros or whatever it is. That I'm fine with. But I don't want for all the reasons Mo said, I do not want Leonel Messi anywhere near Inter. I really don't. It would be a circus. That I don't want to be. You don't be, want
4: Ronaldo v Messi again, Neymar. That was oh that, that's football. God. Football is only Ronaldo v Messi. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, really, I'm looking for a razor blade <laughs> to cut
1: my wrist. While, while you're, just the thought of that makes me suicidal. If, um, if you but, if you find that razor blade, you might need to keep it for the rest of the pod to give them what to <laughs> discuss. So keep yes. looking.
0: Yes, right. Thank you so much for coming on, Dom. Um, um, you. I know you're not too active on social media. Uh, but if people want to follow you, if you've got anything you want to highlight? Uh, and if they want to follow you, let me. You go right ahead and do it.
4: Right, I'll plug everything, right? So Italian football <laughs> for Italian football, you can go on there. Um, at Serie A, FFC on Twitter. If you want La Liga, uh, mark it in English. So just go on to Mark and there's the English thing. And if you do. Want to follow me, even though there's nothing there, it's Dovsky on Twitter <laughs> and, and Instagram as well. But as there is literally, there's, there is nothing there, so it's useless. no,
0: there is, there isn't, there really isn't. It's, it's really funny, but I know a there are tweets and
1: there are cable fans. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, <Man. laughs> thank you
4: so much, no. perfect, guys. Have take fun, care. Thank
0: ciao. You, take care. Ciao, ciao. right. Um, let's, uh, let's, Enough of Lionel uh, Messi. Let's yes, talk about let's, Ashley Young, yes, yes, and uh, yes. Let's and it, it, Yes, let's worry about the mess we have instead of the one we could have potentially. And uh, the the mess we have is 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 this is and I'm going to get right into it. Antonio Conte was not brought in to destroy Brescia six 0 Antonio Conte was brought in to bring Inter closer to titles, and to bring some stability to this club. Antonio Conte has not done that. Um, whether or not it's entirely his fault or not is a completely different story. But the fact of the matter is, oh yes, Inter have more points than they did under Mourinho during the treble season, with one big, with one very big difference. Mourinho won the treble that season. Inter aren't going to win the Aero, are barely going to win the Europa League this season. If we're perfectly honest, the, what what drives me, what really annoyed me the most about Bologna game, and the, the, you know, it, it, and I tweeted this out earlier, is the fact that. It's not just Antonio Conte. We this is exactly the reason what we're seeing from Conte is exactly the reason why I didn't want him to come to Inter in the first place. Uh, The Diego Godin issue, the Milan Skriniar issue, his volatile personality issue, the fact that he almost threatened to resign if if the players don't sort themselves out, which we're going to get to as well. All of that is why I didn't want him. Now he's here, and when he's here, you have to give this kind of player, this kind of coach, what he wants. Why is Andrea Ranocchia, Danilo D'Ambrosio, Roberto Galliardini still starters for Inter? Why is Antonio Candreva still there? That's Conte's fault. But the rest of them, why are they still starting for Inter? You know, in England, you've got this saying that you can't make chicken soup with chicken shit. Well... I'd say that we've been trying to do to cook chicken soup, a full chicken dinner with three, three, four giant t- chicken turds for the past decade, and it's been failing over and over and over again, and we're not getting anywhere. They have the mentality; it's this. They have the ment- mentality that is as strong as paper mache. It's it's unwatchable at this point, and something has got to give. Why are we not learning from our mistakes, Mo? Talk to me.
2: Well, um, I, 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 you know, I um, you know where I stand. I don't think uh, I don't think it's as bleak as, as as you make it out to be. I understand your anger and everything. I just I, I, I still don't think it's as bleak. I look at the remaining schedule, and this is my uh, my you know hot take on on the rest of the season. I still think we're going to finish second. I um, uh, bearing in mind that we need to win uh, this week. This week's uh, this week's game, this uh, Thursday's game. If we do that, if we get the three points against Verona, then we're probably going to finish uh, second this year. I don't think it's a catastrophe. I think it's a, a, a very, uh, it's a very difficult process because the expectations versus the reality are very different. Uh, uh, with you know uh, the clearing out of uh, Perisic and Nangolan and Nicardi and bringing in Lukaku, of Antonio Conte, of course. The, uh, no more pats I enter. so mistakes have been made mistakes have been made uh, in, in communication and in, in, in messaging uh, I, I imagine of course a big mistake was uh, made by Conte in um, in underestimating how uh, how big of a cultural and mental shift is required at the club I mean you know uh, there, there, there's been a lot of work that's been done by Steven Zhang and the uh, Marotta at a managerial level at an institutional level and it really does does show um, but in the dressing room there's still a lot of work and that work like you said is mainly dependent on or contingent upon uh, clearing out uh, the mentally fragile players um, and bringing in winners instead um, but I, I, I'll say this you know Yesterday, uh, in my opinion, uh, it was as predictable as watching the Titanic the second time, knowing what happened. You know, like
3: this is only what do I you mean. Know what this is what I movie, mean.
2: Not only do you know what happened in the, in the you know, in the, in the real story, but maybe you know the first time you watch the movie, you think maybe James Cameron had a different take on it. Maybe there's an artist. <laughs> this is the second time you're watching the same movie about a, a, about a true event, so it's as predictable as that.
1: <laughs> and I would, I would add it's... that it was literally predicted by Fulvio on Twitter on Saturday. <laughs> that's quite an extraordinary <laughs> premonition that he had. After Lazio yeah. lost and into a presented with the yeah. opportunity to close it, on second place, he said, tomorrow we will get no points, Juara will score the decisive goal for Bologna and there is nothing we can do about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so... I, I, I... And the signs were all there for Interisti to see. It's an early game. An early game is you know we know this. We know an early game against a side that doesn't have anything to play for in the last ten matches of the season, whether it's awo, whether it's uh, uh, whoever, whoever, whoever it is, Bologna, insert insert provincial team name, you know in in Gap, we will not be able to make the points on an early match where we have to where when presented with an opportunity to make ground, make up ground. But it's not Conte's fault. It wasn't Conte who missed all these point, or missed all these sitters in the first half. The team was playing well. Everybody was playing well. There was uh, you know a okay. hundred thousand chances in the first half. It okay. wasn't Conte who, who had a, a stinker like Bastoni in the first half, you know, the second It was Conte
0: was who didn't take him out when he was already booked in the first half, and it was Conte who decides he, to continuously play Robert, play Roberto Cagliardini, uh, uh, man.
2: No. Put Granocchi put Tr- put on, you know, and then we complain even more. Or, no. or put Godin on the left. Because, well, you know, you can't, you can't well, play uh, D'Ambrosio well, actually, on the
0: right. Well, that's what I'm saying. He has options. They're not good, but they're better than playing Bastoni, who was, like you said, he had a stinker. He's a <laughs> young player. He's going to have stinker. But Gagliardini, why does this man keep getting selected in lineups? What does he have to do to get I, 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 Who else is going to play? Paul has never, ever in his life done anything as crappy as what Gagliardini has done in these last three games. You can't tell me that. I know he's old and blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, he can't he can't hack it for the for the full length, and I th- I think Valero in a midfield in front of Barrow would have been chewed apart. the the, the team would have would have been completely uh, off, uh, off balance yesterday. Bologna is, Bologna is a decent team, you know. Yeah, Mihailović, No slouch. It, it it was it was a it was a tough match. I was very surprised at how good we were in the first half. And it wasn't Conte who missed the penalty. And it wasn't Conte, you know, it, it just...
0: But you see, that's that's something that i gotta I got to ask you that, because that's something that Italian media have been picking up on. And I think even Bergomi alluded to it today. Why is Conte not pointing with his entire arm and saying, look, not even a finger, an arm, saying, Lukaku takes penalties until we're 3-0 up, and then you can start playing the sharing game.
2: Yeah. No, I... I, I, you, I- you're, I guess yeah I mean look um, uh, I can't remember who it was on Instagram or Twitter was saying you know like look it's not his fault but it doesn't mean that he's faultless of yes, course thank you of thank course you, you know thank of course he has to take his fair share he came out and said it Marotta came out and said it everyone came out and said it it's it goes without saying but to say that the blame when especially when seeing how how the progress, he did his job. He lined the team up well. They played very well in the first half. They, this game should have been dead and buried. And even then, they came out in the second half, played decently, got a penalty, and completely squandered by the players. Completely by 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 no fault of and and then you say he should have he should have done his substitutions early, mm. but then he, he lost a central midfield, a central defender and he's got no one decent on the bench and he's playing for the game. I, I just I, I think it's it, we again, we go back. Or, or, I said it last week, we just were circling around the same thing. It's a thin squad. It's a thin squad. Yes, yes. We get Brozovic back, we lose Barella. We we, <laughs> we bring Barella back, we lose Sensi's never shown up. You know, it's, <laughs> we yeah. need to have Ericsson, Sensi, Barella, Brozovic fit these four so that if one needs to be rested, there's a, an equally a, a yeah. decent player to replace them and then we can talk about Vecino and gagliardini becoming you know satellite players that come in once every five games to you know when we're playing whoever away or whoever at home and and, and you know it's the last 30 minutes of the match and but we can't it's very unfair it's very unfair to say uh, that this is Conte's fault I'm not
0: I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that this mess is his fault entirely because he's not the one who's given Andre, Andrea Ranocchia three contract extensions. He's exactly. not the one, you know, he's not the one who's who's for some reason Galliardini is there and D'Ambrosio is there and and and, and Candreva. Candreva maybe is is called fault because he loves Candreva but but other than that that's not his fault, okay? The, I agree with I agree with 90% of what you said. What what drives me mad is that he doesn't accept responsibility for anything. Because when he goes out and says, I'm the first one to blame, he says that in one breath, and then the next breath, he talks about a pre-packaged confectionery item that he took over from Luciano Spalletti. Like, this dri- this is what drives me mad about this man. That he, 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 on the, he speaks out of seven corners of his mouth at once and continuously, you know, contradicts himself when doing that. And and what really really worried me, and I want to I want to talk to you about this about all of you about this because this is something that an, an alarm bell bell went off when he started talking about how everybody is under sotto everyone can you know everyone is not safe to be at Inter, including the coach. I wouldn't put it past this man to throw the toys out of his pram in August and say I'm out. Honestly, I I wouldn't put it past him. I honestly wouldn't. He's done it before. He's done it at Juve uh he's he i mean he basically winged his way out of chelsea um so i wouldn't put it past him and this is this scares me because that's the last thing Inter need um michael do you have any thoughts on this
3: it's i'm not gonna say zero percent on that but um because it's happened you know similar in the past i uh i don't think we're there yet uh i mean i mean look in- enters on their way to a second or third third place finish in, in Serie A. There have obviously been some issues. There's been a lot of issues, but at the, bo- at the end of the day, do they have the squad to compete with Juve right now? Eh, maybe,
1: no.
3: but they're not no. as good. They're not no. as good. They're not as good. But uh, to your po- to your question, I-, I don't see that happening. I could see if if next year and they have a similar situation where they're you know they're not Scudetto contenders when it you know the last five six weeks of the season, and that's what happens. Then I would probably say you're on the right path. I just don't think we're we're there yet. Uh, it's it's very possible because he's done. He's you know he leaves. You know he's done it at Juve like you said. It's possible, but I don't think we're there yet, Nima. I don't think so. Okay.
0: No, I hope not. I'm just I'm not saying we're there. Yet. I'm just saying that he's laying the groundwork, and that's the first time I felt that this guy he could easily, if this continues and he doesn't see results and he doesn't feel that th- this squad is responding to him, this is, you know, this is the kind of this... You remember when Mancini quit after the first leg in the Liverpool game in the Champions League and subsequently that's why Moratti sacked him and brought in Mourinho? Like, th- they, they, they have this kind of thing, both of them, that when they reach a point where they're cranky, they just, they can say anything. They're volatile characters. Conte is way worse than Mancini Ever dreamt of being But that's what I'm worried about Will, do you you, you agree? Do you you,
1: you share my worry? Can you see where I'm going with this? Can you see Um, I share the worry in the sense That Conte Does not always leave clubs on the happiest Of terms, to put it mildly I don't necessarily (laughs) share the concern That it's going to happen this summer I think that would be extraordinary Even for him Um, You mentioned Mancini. I mean, the more recent the more recent anecdote with Mancini would be when he left about two weeks before the season started four years ago. That was Mm. very similar to what you're kind of projecting forward with Conte, I don't see that happening right now. Uh, If that happens, then, you know, great. We've clearly done something to deserve sadness as Inter fans. So we'll (laughs) we'll take that as it comes. Uh, We can discuss that in September. Um, Now, I don't think that's a a paramount of paramount importance at the moment. Um, he said a lot of things yesterday that were interesting. Um, the, the, you, the, the phrase you've already highlighted about how everyone has to, you know, everyone is under 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 examination, and they have to, you know, prove in the last eight games that they have to be, you know, Dainter It's good enough to play for this club. I felt like I was going back in time to mm. the last three or four seasons when we don't have any objectives left, and the last five or six matches are a, are a test for who's going to be there next season. So that wasn't a happy memory that came into my mind. Um, No, I don't share that concern right now. Uh, What I'm more concerned about is uh, just the fact that this team and this club doesn't make any bloody sense. You know, I'd like to (laughs) normalise not knowing what's going on in this week's podcast because, (laughs) you know, how can you draw any sort of hard and fast conclusions about this team when they win 6-0 on Wednesday and and then do that on a Sunday? You know, this... this, this, uh, there's no trend to this team, you know. There's there's no sort of um, linear progression, be it good or bad. It's just up and down, you know. As well, in the second half of the season, it's been up and down, and that's what I don't understand, you know. Um, so I'm I'm kind of at a loss to for what to say this week. Um, um I, well, I just, I've well, sorry. go ahead. No,
0: no, I just wanted to ask Mo if you if you share my concern about that this could be the beginning of the end with Conte, not inter sacking Conte, but Conte sacking himself and leaving.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think um, I think uh, you know time tempers uh, a lot of people. He's older than he was. Uh, I mean, certainly not not much older than Chelsea, but uh, at Juve, I think uh, he'll know that uh, it, it would practically be career suicide. He's got a management that's got his full buy-in. He's uh, uh, the the management's addressing his genuine squad concerns, and he's playing in a pressure-free environment from the top. You know, the pressure is levied upon upon himself by himself mostly you know it's um i i, I,
1: don't, I don't see it i don't
2: see
0: okay. it okay let's get on
1: i would I'm, say I'm ha- that i would say that one thing that i did actually take from yesterday which was comforting was that it was was exactly the fact that he was angry because you know there's been this it's been strange that the contest last few months if you you know if you take the how he's been since the restart and also before you know there was in in the first half of the season he was a real sort of he was a classic sort of hyena that, that we've come to know of the last few years and the last few games, he's almost seemed a bit flat and resigned on the, on the yeah. touchline. You know, the Sassuolo game was there was no anger when Sassuolo conceded that we scored that goal right at the end. And that was concerning. His interview afterwards was very sort of um, defeatist and beaten. Um, so I did I did see a little bit more um, irritation and, and fire yesterday. So I did take some kind of uh, see, comfort from that that he's still connected somehow and, see, and has, has, has a point to prove.
0: That's exactly why I'm because I'm not just saying basing what I what I what I my worry on just that statement. It is exactly what you said. That kind of resignation uh, and against against Parma we saw it. We saw it against Sassuolo and, and and also on against Bologna towards the end of the game on the touchline. He looked completely resigned and that worried me.
1: Yeah, we're not he, used to that with Conte. No,
0: um, we're not used to that with Conte at all and that together with his statement that is like, that to me rings a warning sign. Now obviously, I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that he's going to going to resign, but I'm just saying that it, 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 it raises alarm bells that I, for me, that I do not like at all.
1: Yeah, it could be. You know, he's, anyways, he's, I, I
0: want to yeah. hear, I want to hear what you think. I want to hear what you think about like what, what me and Mo talking about, because I want to, again, I want to, I want to tell our listeners who, you know. I want to say that I'm not blaming Conte entirely, and I agree with 90% of what Mo said. Um, a lot of it is structural issues at the club, but I do think that he needs to start taking responsibility in a in, in a different way, and not just be angry or resigned, or start throwing Barella and Sensi under the bus because they're from Cagliari and Sassuolo. You know what I mean? Like the, the, this kind and 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 this this quote he gave about the 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 ready- made confectionery item that he I mean, that really that that put me that that really provoked me because that that is like no no intercoach, not even Murinho was backed in terms of net spend this much as he was last summer. and and that that is just a fact. Now that's not his fault, absolutely. And I didn't expect Inter to win the Scudetto. Anyone who's been listening to this show and me and Mo knows that we don't, we, that's not how I work. I, if, if, if Inter were in, in thereabouts in April, then we can talk. But um, other than that, no, I, I'm just, it's just his style, his volatile style that worries me and I think does more harm than good. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but um, if, we, if we talk about the Bologna game itself, ha wh- where what is the issue here i mean what, like you said well this keeps happening over and over and over again if it doesn't matter who the coach is and it doesn't seem to almost matter who the players are except for that you know the, the red thread being gagliardini D'Ambrosio, candreva uh, etc but what how did you view this game uh, michael i want i want to hear what you think uh, about the bologna game
3: oh man like you know you know when mo said <laughs> it was like watching the Titanic that we said the second Titanic, you know, what's going to happen. And it happened. It, for me, it was like watching Jurassic park because they kept making the movie over and over again. We've seen this movie more than twice. We've seen it many times. It's like, it's like, you know, why are they doing this? They keep doing it. And, and you know, what's going to happen. It's like a big volcano erupted all of a sudden when, when that penalty was missed and like, when he missed that penalty, in in everyone's mind, in my mind, it's like, oh my god, we're all, we're done, we're up one yeah. nothing, up a man, yeah. And and in <laughs> back my mind is like, we sh- This is even when that penalty was missed, we still have a ninety nine percent chance of winning that game. <laughs>
0: but, but trust but,
3: Inter to snatch
0: defeat from the jaws of victory.
3: How? How does that happen? You 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 are you are on the brink of going up two nothing against a team who was or down a man, a team that you are much better better than, with you know not a third of the game left, and you you not only not score the penalty, you not only then get a red card yourself, but then you give up two goals <laughs> and lose the game at home. I know there's no fans, but at home, uh. what is that? I was I watching, and it's. I was watching, it and I'm like, okay, I. It's. I kind of knew what was going to happen, and, and in all of our minds, we kind of had the feeling that it could happen. But really, at the bottom bottom level, is oh, we can't lose this match. No chance. We. It's happened too many times. We can't. And it happened. You lost to Bologna at home. Up a man, One nothing, and a penalty to go up two nothing. The game is over. There is the game is over. It is the. the is is. I'd rather be up. In that situation, then be up five nothing with eleven aside, because I'm more confident than being up a man with going up two nothing. And they put themselves and they dug themselves a hole, and they're all responsible. You know, you can't you want to blame Conte, you want to blame some players. Everybody is mm. at fault for what mm. happened yesterday. And and thank God that 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 this match really didn't mean anything, because the grand scheme of things, they're not getting first place. They weren't, you know, they're not finally, they hopefully aren't falling out of a Champions League spot. But (laughs) thank God that, that this match didn't mean anything. Imagine if it did. Imagine if a Champions League spot or the Scudetto was on the line and that happened. What an embarrassment that would have been. It was already embarrassment as it is. What an embarrassment it would have been. If that game meant something you talk about the Dortmund game early in the season of that game being an embarrassment when you're up two nothing and you lose three two. that game was more embarrassing. The situation mm. of what happened yesterday was way more embarrassing than what happened in Dortmund. Mm. I know, that is the absolute most embarrassing thing I've seen with Inter on the field this year, probably even last year, too. And I was just in shock. But not in shock that I didn't expect it to happen. In shock that it actually did happen because I was expecting it to happen, and it <laughs> did happen.
0: <laughs> yes, I, uh, I couldn't agree more, Mo. Mo, you've got three people on the ledge. Me, you know, you really have to earn your pos- Mister Positivity, Nick. <laughs> here, talk us off the ledge, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, look, I, I'll just talk big picture. I, I told you guys. I think. I think it, it, we should all take a deep, big, deep breath. Um, And I'll reserve my ultimate judgment after the uh, the Hellas game. Mm. But um, in my my opinion, uh, it would be seriously worrying or worrisome if we don't... um, If, like, if we lose the Hellas game uh, due to uh, poor play, if we lose it due to, like, unforeseen circumstances, uh, referee errors, whatever, whatever, like... Uh, like the Fiorentina game last year, with uh, or the the year before, was it? I can't remember, the, the, the Ambrosio fake penalty. If, if it's a situation like that, then so be it. But if it's a straightforward match with no controversy and we don't manage to win, win the game, uh, then it might be problematic. But if, as I predict, we do win, then I reckon when we look at the big picture at the end of the season, having seen Lazio and Atalanta's uh, remaining matches scheduled... I think we'll finish second and everything is going to be all right. Okay. You know, uh, I, I'll, beyond, I'll beyond these that. isolated 90 minutes, you know, like <laughs> we take a deep breath, look at the end of the season and judge, and we're going to find that everything's going to be all right. And I still think we, we're, we have a good shot at uh, Europa League. Yeah. Well, I, I really do.
1: You said you want to say, it looked like you want to say something. Yeah, I, well, I was, as I said, I was, I was very I was in a state of confusion today, trying to work out what on earth to say in this evening's pod. So I've, I've kind of uh, taken shelter in some numbers. I did some, I did some adding up and some dividing and such, and I've got some stats that you might feel depressed by. So I'd love to share them with you for that, um, for that reason, because I don't think this has been quite <laughs> negative enough so far. Um, the thing that really confuses me about this team, as you said. The the coaches change, the squads change, but mm. there's one thing that doesn't change with this team, and that is that Inter start the season well, and then they fall off a cliff halfway through. Um, I've taken the last five seasons, and if you remove the De Boer Pioli season, which was a law unto itself, in the last four seasons in a row, Inter's average points has capitulated in the so-called gironi di ritorno, the second half of the season. Um, Mancini's last year in 2015 and 16, we had a po- average points of 2.05 in the first half of the season. In the second half, it was 1.47. In Spalletti's first year, it was 2.16. That became 1.63 in the second half of the season. Last season, it was 2.05, which went to 1.58. And this year so far, we've had uh, a 2. 4 2 average, and it's now 1.64 in the second half of the season. Um, Inter have been either seventh or eighth in the league table for the second half of the season in each of the last four seasons. So, in other words, in the second half of the season, we are not good enough even to qualify for the Europa League for four years in a row. Um, this year, we have had 18 points in 11 games, which puts us behind Napoli, Milan, and Sassuolo, and now level with Bologna, who won yesterday. So, these are the teams we're matching in terms of our form in the second half of the season and yet the only players that are still in the squad from four seasons ago the year when when Mancini Mm. finished fourth and then left are Handanovic, D'Ambrosio, Ranocchia, Brozovic so this is not a uh, this is not a nucleus of players that is dragging into down I don't think that argument is so valid anymore unless you have a particular bugbear about Andrea Ranocchia, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you <laughs> if you did. But you know, this is a, a systemic rot that sets in every season. It keeps happening without fail, and I can't get my head around it because some years it's because the main objective, i.e., Champions League qualification, is gone and everyone switches off. In other years, it just happened. We had, we were right in the middle of of what we were you know going for you know the the Spalletti's first year when it was all about the Champions League we were we had everything to play for there and it still happened this year it's back to you know the the main objective i.e. the squadetto disappearing and i i don't know what to think of it you know part of me thinks that this is some kind of mental fragility that's in, that's systemic in that dressing room part of me thinks it's because we don't have a squad depth as you, as as was already mentioned to earlier that the subs bench yesterday was hardly anything to write home about you know Sanchez and then a lot of nothingness um, sort of sat around him. Um, so <laughs> you know, I just I don't know what to say. Um, no, no. Oh, I don't mean, know. how do you <laughs> d- interpret those numbers? Because this is every year.
0: No, it is. It is. It is. It is. Um, it is like you say. I mean, aside from Gagliardini, Dambrosio, Ranocchia, uh, Brozovic, and Andanovic, the, the, those are the those are the, that's the those are the usual the usual suspects. And I guess I mean there are different ways of handling this. Um, you could you could uh, do what Milan did a couple of years ago but do it properly that meaning that you get rid of a lot of players you clean house entirely of all of them and then you build out build from scratch but don't do what Mirabelli and Fasone did. Don't <laughs> don't buy Bertolacci for 18 million euros and, and don't, don't Andres Silva. A, Andres Silva and you know who looks yeah. good but 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 not you know physically is attractive and may, might sell so, might bring might bring people that, that that are into that too to the games. But I mean it's it's not who it's that. Not, no, but I mean I'm just I'm trying to be neutral. But um no, but seriously. Um no, but but like let's be honest. I mean, where I think this is where we are now. I mean, they they, they need to they they need to clean out. I don't want to read that Danilo D'Ambrosio and Antonio Andrea and Andrea Ranocchia signed another contract extension. I don't want to have to read that Roberto gagliardini is going to stay for another year or that he's going to sign another contract extension. Enough is enough already, you know. I mean. It's 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 like it's it's the famous quote of Einstein uh, from Einstein about you know the, the definition of insanity with, you know doing the same thing and expecting different results. Um, yeah. the, the, that that that's where I see that. Um, and, and and in terms of what, what Mike said, about but, you see he really alluded to a really interesting point. I, I don't think it is a surprise. You see I'm not surprised because we've seen these collapses throughout Antonio Conte's tenure. In, but we've seen them in bursts and we've and because of the this season being new and the players having higher energy levels and it not being july in 30 degrees they've had the energy to close off those games now they don't have that i think sandro yeah. sabatini the the, the italian uh, journalist i think he said an he, he he said something absolutely brilliant and he says Inter is a team that suffers comebacks because they have a style of play that's very wasteful in terms of energy. It's one thing to play 3-5-2 in the winter, but another thing to play it in the summer. The two wingbacks run up and down, and maybe they do it better in winter. Inter suffered the second goal because Candreva was gasping for air. Playing football in July is different. Um, I mean, I I think he does have a point there.
1: Yeah, I don't often agree with Sandro Sabatini when he talks about Valencia. He seems to sort of enjoy sticking the boot in at <laughs> whatever, any possible opportunity. But it's true. Uh, this is a team that I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to bring it up again because I like it. You know, there are some managers whose teams are, are orchestras. You know, they have sort of natural ups and downs and, and sort of um, nuances and cadences. Conte's football is all about being a marching band. You have one pace, you have one strategy, and it happens throughout. And if you haven't got the energy, then Tough. oh dear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really that's really the situation. Um, but I, I just I, I agree that it's not a surprise. You know when when Lautaro misses that penalty, you, I was hearing um, that that phrase out of um, the La nel pallone, that that, 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 that a comedy film from the 80s where the, the the president of the club is trying to convince his manager to get them relegated, and he's saying you know perdere e perderemo. <laughs> That's what I was hearing. when into a one-nil up. Look, we will lose. This is the sign that it's all about to go wrong. You know because uh, because we have a knack of, as you said, snatching defeat from the jaws of, of the it jaws is. of victory. You know any normal team can cope with missing a penalty against and then seeing out a one-nil win against ten matches. Just go and get a second. It's not that difficult. You know you <laughs> said earlier that someone said earlier that you know Bologna are a difficult team. They are, but come on! Like they're not like you know. They weren't. They have and Jardim up front. You know, it's <laughs> Orsolini and Barro. Like come on, like just just yeah. be normal. Just just have, be like normal footballers. <laughs> just Why? Like normal. Why do we have to be so bipolar? You know? Yes. Yes and so that that is
0: exactly it it's it's the bipolarism and 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 Sandro continued something brilliantly when he was asked about to criticize Conte and he says I won't criticize him because it would because it would be ungenerous but there is a need to make considerations that need to be evaluated and accepted because Inter have had a transfer market that was far more superior to the one Spalletti ever had ever had maybe not one at the level of a 100 euro restaurant but certainly one at around 80 90 euros <laughs> Which I thought was, was a nice yeah. little dig at that. Because it's true. I, I too, I don't you always agree with Sandro Tabat- Sabatini. I rarely do. But I actually thought this was pretty spot on. And it kind of goes to the heart of my criticism against Conte for, these, for this past few weeks. Is that he needs to take more responsibility for given the amount of backing he's gotten. All of it is not his fault but i don't like these comments after the game when he talks about a pre-made confectionery and everything being pre-made and he being a victim of circumstance because exactly like mo said he has no pressure from above from upstairs all that pr- the, the only pressure he has is he, the one that he puts on himself and and so that's, and that's good but at the same time you know don't don't you know send out the right signals and i think his communication is not is not
1: always spawn to mm-hmm. say the least contes is, um, he's quite paranoid. I remember <laughs> before he joined Chelsea a few years ago, Chelsea and my other team, I read his autobiography that he'd written. Jeez. And it kind of just, you know, it just made me sort of appreciate that he's this person that kind of, um, he, he, he just, he can't cope unless he has 100% all-encompassing support from everyone around him. You know, he's very suspicious of of people not doing, sort of not having his backing. You know, you remember the, the Diego Costa scandal when he, he got rid of him <laughs> with the pecs because the club wouldn't. You know, the, he's he's he does sort of struggle to. He has he always has trust issues. You know, he's almost sort of, you. You it's need to keep true. reminding me every day with everything that you do that you've got my back. And if you don't, I'm going to start asking whether you've whether you're you're sort of plotting against me. You know, he's he's very highly strong in that way, and I I think it's very difficult to to change that because he's been like that for years. You know, I'm sure it's even as a player group. he was like that. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. He was as a. You kid. Know, so it's it's difficult to to change him. That's the way he's wired, and sometimes it's good. And because he he demands the best out of everyone, he, he gets players normal players to perform above their average. You know, but sometimes it has its drawbacks. And sure. the fact that he doesn't want to change very often is is clearly one of those.
0: Mm. And I mean, we've we've already been touching on the Hellas game because I mean, the, the, this is this is it. It's not just one difficult game. It's Hellas away. At that stadium, as and as if things couldn't be oh, sucky God. sucky enough. <laughs> Here we go. Things, I mean, if, it's one thing to play away <laughs> at that stadium, but it's another thing to do it behind closed doors. And Inter obviously have to come into that game after this complete men- m- mental meltdown, without Bastoni, without Dambrosio, without Sensi, and without Barella. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, and a- of course. And I Verona think, lost to Brescia on Sunday. Yeah, so they're exactly. obviously they're they're in a they're in furious. You know, they yeah, need Exactly. To, they've got a point to prove. So Yeah, uh, they
0: they they will have eaten, you know, they will have eaten glass walking into this game. They're gonna be fuming and fired up. <laughs> I mean it's it's just but then again, wouldn't it be the most typical Inter thing? Oh I think we'll win 4-0. That's that, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. This is Pazza Inter, this is the bipolar disorder in in a nutshell. Destroy Brescia six 0 have a mental meltdown at home against Bologna, and then walk out there to Hellas and completely wipe them mop the floor with them. Like that is such an inter thing to do. Is that what you're? Is that what you're? What you were alluding to earlier, Mohammed Mo? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean
2: that's 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 what I feel is going to happen. I think I think we always, uh, especially under Conte, we react uh, we react reasonably well. Um, I, I I don't I don't think. I mean, for once, I think I don't know if Will was uh, being tongue-in-cheek or uh, honest, in his uh, prediction, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a demolition. But it's going to be a win. It's going to be a nice. It's going to be a nice win that you know lets us all breathe. And I think you know when that happens, we'll be you know really poised for a very strong finish to the season. I think you know.
0: Nice one. Well, okay, uh, M- Mike, where are you on this?
3: Dare I say that? Hellas Verona goes into this game thinking that they've got a shot at playing in Europe next year. Yes. I mean, it's right. not far fetched, is it?
0: No, they're, they're yeah, in uh, four points. Per, four yeah. Points they're four of points. Nine,
3: or yeah. Like that? So four points
0: they, got, of Napoli.
3: they got, they got something to play for here. They, this isn't going to be some, some rollover. I know. I understand like the situation, you know, this is, you know, Inter has a terrible match and they should should follow up with a with a much better performance, albeit, you know, Barella's Ber- Ber- you know, not gonna be playing. Obviously Sensi's not playing, so Bastoni not playing. So, you know, there's opportunity, but a team that, you know, is coming from you know, Ceti B, you know, within the last couple of years and all of a sudden now they get a shot at Europe. You know, when was the last time Palace of Verona had a was in this position? When they were in Europe, I can't, I can't remember anything, anything. So like
1: Two thousand or something like that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. A, a, a long
3: time players. ago, where they're in this position. With
1: Fandelli, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah. So there, so there you go. Mm. And uh, it's look, only a few points back, and they've got a lot on the line. They got a lot more on the line than Inter does. That's for sure, right? Now. Well, mm. I mean, at least table-wise. Yeah. Um, but we see that. see that to me
0: speaks. For Inter because if if Hellas have because that means <laughs> Hellas have to no it does because Hellas have, no I agree have, I'm so go on <laughs> yeah no because because Hellas have something to play for and that means they have to attack and they won't do what Bologna and Sassuolo do and they just are completely relaxed and let Inter dig themselves into a hole. They they are they they also have something they have an incentive to play for and I think that's in, you know I think that that kind of actually speaks for Inter if that makes sense like this is this is this is this is Wonderland this is upside down world up is down down is up black means white white means black Th- this is Inter this is what what Will said it's bipolar so you know so so that's why I think this is uh, this actually speaks in favor of Inter the very fact that Hellas have something to play for. Um, so I was quickly gonna go um, because we don't. I don't want us to, to dwell too much on this. But the three upcoming games: Hellas away, Torino at home, and Spal away. I'm gonna go with
1: win, draw, win. What about you, Will? Yeah, I would. I would absolutely follow that up. This is this is exactly the point with Tino. Any you know, the more reasons there are to fear the game, the more reasons there are to be confident. This is just how it works. You remember when we had to win. Oh, well, Aware, Lazio to get into the Champions League. Everyone was saying that week. Yeah, well, it's better that we have to win rather than just getting a draw because we can't control comfortable no, situations. No, we we have to be, we have to be in trouble to to produce the best because we're not mentally capable of staying, on, you know, on the ball when things look easy you know did inter lose to bologna on sunday or did they lose to inter you know that's the that's the that's the question really so i think i, I was being tongue in cheek with the fanning prediction, but i would i wouldn't be surprised if this was a a win and a fairly good performance you know despite all the suspensions and and uh, the injuries because this is what happens having said that imagine that we beat verona then we play torino who have picked up four points in the last 11 games they are comfortably bottom of the Gironi di ritorno league table uh, that's the kind of game that we would then not win <laughs> yes. having having beaten move. Verona so <laughs> my predi- so my prediction for the Torino game is that we will do we will get the result that we didn't get against Verona so if we beat Verona we won't beat Torino if we don't beat Verona we'll beat Torino that's the problem with this team.
0: What about Spal? What about Spal? I think we'll
1: goal? beat Spal because, I mean, come on. They, they, they're like Brescia, you know. No. <laughs> They've, no. uh, they're, they're pretty much down now. Um, so I, I think that was—that should be a win, I would hope. Um, unless Gigi Di has got something up his sleeve.
3: Ugh. Mike, what about you? What uh, was- se- it'll be seven points. It'll be seven points from this ne- these next three games. I mean, look, like I, like, like I just said, Verona's got something to play for. So they'll, they'll give us a good game uh Torino, by then maybe hey, hey they're only what five or six points ahead of I think it's Lecce for 18th right now. So look, they're they're totally not out of the clear yet, even though you know they they probably should be. And then spall will probably probably be relegated by the time we play them. So that game probably probably has got you know that's got three points written all over it, but. Uh, I've got a draw on either, like Will said, and either Torino or Verona will we'll get a will get a point out of them and, and, and seven points overall from those next three games before we play Roma. What about you, Mo? Nine points, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love you. I love you, man. Not <laughs> happening. <laughs> Tell you look, I, I agree. I,
2: look, you've done... Will, will, you've done the proper breakdown, like, really, of getting into the inter-psyche. You've really done you've looked at it the right way to look at it. You, absolutely. I agree with you. And the fact that... the I always say this. Remember when we do predictions with a mid, midweek midweek match, when there's Champions League, I always say it depends on what we do in the midweek, what, what, how the weekend's going to pan out. So I agree that you're in, in the approach of looking at the Torino and uh, Verona game as a single unit. And, you know, you say we're going to get four points out of these two matches, and they come either way. So, fine. But what I what i think is we're definitely going to win against verona and i think by the time we face torino we're gonna have fingers crossed barella ericsson and brozovic back uh starting so i would reckon that it should be enough to see torino out and i think we all agree that Spal is uh, three points that's that's the rationale behind the nine points i think uh the schools are going to be turning you know and 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 uh, Bastoni is going to be back uh, so we're going to have Bastoni, Skriniar and uh, defry. It's it'll be a different team that uh, steps on the pitch against uh, Torino in, over the weekend
0: I, I think you're right, no, I think we're going to have we're going to see Godin to the right, Skriniar to the left and Defry in the middle and I think that As much as Skriniar doesn't like that, I think he owes it to the team to just, you know, suck it up, given that he's been away three games. Right, uh, let's uh, move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football. Starting with the uh, negativity, this week's Moji, which will be presented by Mr. Michael Gallo.
3: Well, football club Internazionale di Milano, their <laughs> second half performance yesterday will get the entire moji of the week. However, I want to go back one month when we did a podcast coming out of the break, and uh, a Mister Will Beckman <laughs> looked, looked at the schedule for Inter coming up of the rest of the uh, of the year, and he said. Look at Inter's schedule. They play Sampdoria, Sassuolo, Parma, Brescia, Bologna, Hellas, Torino, Spal, Roma, Fiorentina, Genoa, and I believe you end up with Napoli-Atalanta at the very end. And what's happened since then? Well, Will told us not to give up hope on our Scudetto, hopes. And, I, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe he's got a point. Our schedule looks pretty easy. And and then I had gone. I did a total 180. I, I went from having no confidence of making a run at the Scudetto to hearing Will t- tell me about how easy the schedule was the rest of the year. Now, he's, now he's given us these math equations knowing what was coming anyways. So he's almost contradicting himself. So... Uh. He's given us these, these great schedules. It's looking great, you know. Maybe a little slip up from you know, Lazio obviously slipped up, Juve a little bit too maybe. And sure enough, what have we done? We tie Sassuolo, we lose to Bologna, and we are officially gone of this Scudetto. So, well, unfortunately, as much
1: as I love you, <laughs> yes. you get the emoji of the week. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you may you may remember that. Uh, you said earlier in the year, only in this podcast, that you had all the evidence and you still hoped, right? This is—it's exactly the same principle, okay? You said with half an that with half an hour left of that game against Bologna, you thought, no, it's not going to happen this time. I and did you know, that. We've had that we've paid our dues, and you know we win this game because even though I know we're going to lose, I know we're going to win. Right? Man. That's the same oh. logic that I had with those eight games because. I hate the word filotto. It's the word that the Italian media use whenever you've got a run of easy games coming up. Right, we've seen it before with this team. <laughs> they do inter- do not take maximum points from these games. And while I was saying that, I was preparing my tweet for the following morning, which said... I've seen this film, I know where it ends before, okay? <laughs> so don't come <laughs> crying to me saying that I thought we were gonna take maximum points, okay? William
0: Beckman is this week's moji. I love it. <laughs> Let's move on to something much more um, comical, uh, this week's uh, Frog, which will be presented by Mr. William Beckman.
1: eclamoroso <laughs> autogol di Ranocchia! I don't know. Should I pick someone else on this pod just to keep the uh, sort of the meta <laughs> no, awards no, going? No, no. Go on, go on. <laughs> no, it's uh, I've actually um, I've actually picked a different football club. Um, so uh, that's that's nice. I picked Tramia Rovers, who have just been relegated from League One to League Two in England. Um, this is because uh, earlier in the week they uh, they produced one of the most small-time club statements of all time. Um, a 970 word statement, um, sort of making an official complaint to the English Football League because they supposedly turned off comments on one of their own Instagram posts. Um, this what? is about as paranoid as it gets. So uh, Tramia, uh, there was a, there was an anniversary of Tramia being promoted, I think, uh, a few weeks ago. And so the EFL did a, one of those posts saying, you know, one year ago today, Tramia were promoted to League One. Um but um, it seemed that a f- sort of um, in the aftermath um, that you weren't able to comment on this post. And Tramia have released a statement saying that the reason that their own fans couldn't comment on this Instagram post was because the EFL didn't want they wanted to prevent... And a free and open debate about how to end the season. So let me explain this. Right, the the third and fourth divisions have been have been curtailed prematurely, apart from the playoffs, because there wasn't in, there wasn't the conditions to, to finish them because of all the the finance that would have to be put into testing and the, and the prospect of playing games without fans and so on. So they've they've done this points for game method um, to conclude the season. And Tramia are one of the teams who have been sort of um, screwed the most because they've got, they've been relegated because of this arithmetic. So They basically what you is saying is the EFL stopped our own fans from commenting on that post because they were worried that they would tell them not to relegate us. That's kind of they, they, they didn't want people to be sort of laying clear how unfair their their decision making process was. So it's a real conspiracy theory. You know, this is it's truly extraordinary to to. Take 900, the time Yeah, 900 to, words. You know. <laughs> and it's, it's, they've got, like, times. At 11am, the club had <laughs> screenshots to show that the comment button on the Tranmere post had disappeared. <laughs> Tranmere fans realised they couldn't comment on the post and alerted the club to this. <laughs> By around 12 noon the club has screenshots to show that the comment button on the Instagram post had reappeared but the comments which had been left early morning had disappeared. After Tramia complained to the EFL no further comments, so far as we are aware, disappeared. It then goes on to say they they asked the EFL to clarify why the the ability to comment had been disabled. Um, The EFL said they were not aware of any issue with the post and had not at any stage taken any action to either remove the ability to comment or to delete comment. They um, then go on and say that we were advised by a journalist that he'd been told by a member of the communications team that there had been a problem with the post. that They'd fixed it um, and so on. And so it, it, it's, there's, there's, there's then four points um, because apparently the EFL conducted a review into the comment section on this post. And there's a four point response. Oh, my God. Oh, um, my God. What a club, mess. The club says it's that their conclusions are highly unsatisfactory uh they've been given four reasons but why they don't accept that it was a technical glitch uh um if, so, if, if this was so, uh this, this a is uh, no this is like proper sort of sort of lower league italian conspiracy theory <laughs> you know
0: this is uh this is projection like talk about it's, being it's, annoyed it's yeah i mean talk about being annoyed for being relegated and then go off on a complete tantrum over that Wow, that, that was pretty embarrassing. That's a good frog. Right, let's move on to something much more positive this week's Moratti, which is presented by Mr. Moronasa. He, is, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his ideas. not easy to find one person of these qualities.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, this week's um, uh, Moratti is Marotta. Um, I think uh, in these uh, dire times, it's very, uh, you know, ostensibly dire times, Not uh, you know, uh, it's very important to have a very uh, level-headed figurehead at the club come out and say the right things and not only say them just like Nima says about Conte and what he says and the way he says things, I think not only the words but the way the words are uh, conveyed is always uh, equally important. And I think uh, Marotta's um, interview yesterday with Sky was was just that, you know. It was uh, uh, it, it really gave me a sense of uh, you know let's not worry too much. Uh, we know what we're doing with this club, and blah blah blah, and you know people are upset, and every and the right people are upset in the right manner, and we're just going to work through this. So I think I think um, in these potentially. Uh, turbulent times where you know under uh, other um, layers of management uh, or lack thereof uh, It's easy for the pot to boil over or the water to boil over out of the pot or whatever You know metaphor cooking metaphor you want to use But uh, having someone really level-headed and you know well-spoken and measured uh, is very important to make sure that uh, any potential seeds or, or, or uh, uh, seedlings of a crisis are are sufficiently uh, or correctly contained so he gets my vote this week
0: amen I mean I, 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 I shudder to think where we would be without that man without that the the, the levelheadedness level headedness of that man and the coolness of that man that has definitely not had a had a calm moment since taking since coming into this club. Remember, he came, he walked right into the Wanda icardi thing, and since then it's just been spinning on its own. Uh, It's Inter, pretty much. What are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to
2: do? Good God, man. How can you compare last season to this? Come on,
0: come on. Yeah. Uh, Remember that. This this is the greatest Yes, yeah, I was going to say the smm pictures of her dressed and him naked on instagram i me having to call my friends my friends who have children who follow him on instagram telling them to take their phones and unfollow him it's just like i mean yeah i'm glad i mean yeah yeah it was less than 12 it was it was less than 12 months ago it was 8 9 months ago i just want to say but it, but this is like it's like i always say inter years is like dog years like one <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like one human year. Like yeah, it, in one human year, you have fourteen inter years. This place, this, 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 club, this club, this club ages you. Right. That's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank Dove. Uh, like thank you, Mo, Mister Positivity. Thank God you were on this because I needed to hear this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's what I do. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you.
0: And you, and as always, Mister Michael Gallo. Thank you so
3: much. A pleasure to be here once again, gentlemen. Love talking to you guys.
0: And as always, Mr. William beckman Modji, as we will call him henceforth.
1: <laughs> well, it's been a lovely two or three years working on this podcast <laughs> with you guys, but uh, I think it's—I think it's been made clear that my, uh, my my services are no longer required. So uh, I'll I'll enjoy listening in the next few weeks. And uh, good luck, guys. You have got this covered. So uh, I think uh, I think I'll I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll take a step back That's... now. <laughs> Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you to all of you for listening. Uh my name is Nima Tavale wishing you all good a good week, nine points and sempre a solo forza Inter. <laughs>